If you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter, we see Jesus teaching on this very process. We see in the Gospel that Jesus was teaching to them about the greatness in the kingdom of God. Uh, they, they were asking themselves, who's the greatest? And they were trying to learn some more stuff about it. But yet, God was, 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 Jesus was teaching them some greater things that they weren't catching on because Peter thought, okay, I got all this stuff, God. My, how many times I forgive my brother? Seven times sounds like a good number. Seven equates to a number of completions. So I mean, I, come, I forgive my brother these seven times. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, but yet, look how Jesus answers him in Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 22. Y'all with me there? It's, Jesus in the New Living Translation says, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Tell your neighbor, seven's not enough. See, see, Peter thought he had enough. <laughs> he said, if I do it this much, it'll be good enough. But yet, uh, Jesus says, no, not just seven times, but let's use seven as a factor and multiply that by another number, 70 times seven, to suggest, to imply an infinite amount of times. Isn't that good how God can separate our sins from us as far as the east is from the west? Do you understand that the east from the west will never meet up. The only way that the east and west meet up is if you have it on a map and you fold your map. That's the only way. Because if you're in Peoria, Illinois, you head west to California, you went west. In order to get back to Peoria, you got to go east. But if you did say, I'm going to travel around the world, and you went west, and you came back to where you started from, you still never went east. Because it will never match up. Which also suggests that West and East are infinite away from each other. Which also suggests that God will infinitely separate you from your sins. Why is that? You ask us a good question. Because you've been dismissed with prejudice. So, are you familiar with this story about the king and the servant? If not, let me remind you one more time in the gospel. Let's go into Matthew 18 chapter. Don't you love a good story? We see here in this gospel that Jesus said, I'm going to set you up, let you what the kingdom of God looks like. He didn't say what the world looks like, but the kingdom of God. Y'all with me here? Matthew 18, chapter starting at verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who have borrowed money from him. Talking about money. Y'all ever deal with your money before? And in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. That's the New Living Translation. <laughs> he couldn't pay. To his, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him. Can somebody say release? And forgave. Can somebody say forgave? His debt. Uh, but there's a but. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat mm, and demanded instant payment. Mm. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. 
be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. Doesn't that sound familiar? Uh, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous, all that, and a bag of chips debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy? Can someone say mercy? On your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Dismissed with prejudice. Y'all see this in the text. This man here was guilty or owed a whole lot, a sum of money. New Living Translation says a million dollars. The other one says a hundred thousand denarii, while the other one owed a hundred denarii or a few thousand dollars. If if you look at the decimal point, this man owned one hundred of a tenth of a percentage to the slave what he owed to the king. So you look, one person owes you a million dollars, and then another person owes you a hundred dollars. You are forgiven the million dollars, but you're going to put somebody in jail over the hundred dollars. Look at how God forgives us. He does not just forgive a small debt. He, forgets, he forgives a great debt. Is that a great God? I remember what kids did to me in grade school. And it's kind of hard to forgive them of stuff they did as a child back in grade school. But catch this. God forgives me for what I did for last night and the nights before. But yeah, I can't forgive somebody from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Am I talking to somebody here? You see, we need to understand how God forgives us so that we can better forgive others. So because when we better forgive others, we understand better how God forgives us. And so when we look at this text, I want you to see, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this, like, a man, like the king settling debts. Y'all catch that? The king is settling debts. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. In other words, that when Jesus comes back again, God's going to settle debts. That went over somebody's head. When Jesus comes back again, God is going to settle debts. How, how, how did the king know how much people owe him? He had a record. Had a registrar, if you will. Had a book that had everything in accounted for. Have you ever watched those movies with those bookies? 
They always have their register of who they pay, even their illegal acts. Isn't that some funny stuff? Because everybody wants to know where the money goes. God tells us in Revelation that he has books. There's a book of life. All who call in the name of the Lord's name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And there's a book of deeds. And if you are wicked, you won't be judged by your wicked deeds. But if your debt has been settled, your name's been written in the book of life. And so therefore you have nothing to fear. But look here, the king is just settling accounts. Here he's, he's sitting down happy. It does not say he's angry. We find he, he find out he gets angry at the end. Y'all catch that there. He wasn't angry trying to settle the debt. He said, hey, you owe me. You know you owe me. Pay me. He wasn't upset about it. He said, hey, I gave you this money. Feeling you. I, I gave you this loan. We, we, I gave this to you in full trust that you're going to pay me back. Now it's time to settle all accounts. Poor little man realized that I don't have enough money to pay this back. Well, the king said, well, in that case, you understand what the law requires. Well, you're going to be you, your mama, your sister, <laughs> anybody up in your household. They're going to be sold, and I'm going to take all that money, and it's going to settle your debt. Wait a minute, king. Have what? Mercy on me. And we find here, then the king was moved with what? Compassion. And did what? Forgave all. His debt. Y'all see that there? He didn't say I'm going to forgive all but a percentage. But he forgave all the debt. Look how we forgive people. I won't forgive you. And first you say I'm sorry. You first got to say I'm sorry. Then I might forgive you. I might. That's how we are. We, we, we teach that to the kids at a young age so they get it, right? First say, I'm sorry. We put kids together, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They go back outside, beat each other up again. Because they did not forgive each other. They just went through the motions. We go through the motions too. We're going to act like we are sorry. But going to go back out and live like we've been unforgiven. The problem is that Christians, we need to remember that as we have been forgiven, we need to forgive others. It's a, sad, it's a sad thing when you forgive someone and they don't forgive you, but it's even sadder when you know God's forgiven you and you refuse to forgive others. Yeah, you, I, the, 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 the ain'ts, the ones who are not saints, they, they, they excuse because they don't know any better. But you know better. You received his mercy. You asked for his mercy. God was moved with compassion. And cleanse First John, first chapter, ninth verse says that if you confess your sins, if you confess your sins, if means imply, if you are willing to do this, God will forgive you all your transgressions and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Second Chronicles 7 child, verse 14. If my people, if my People, qualification, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. A process in you receiving forgiveness from God means you humble yourself and you repent. You turn from your wicked ways. But we see this evil servant did not turn from his wicked ways. Because when he, we, we see the but, right? But when he went out, he saw someone who owed him some money. Said he Gently 
grabbed him by the wayside and said, come on to the side, let me talk to you. That's what, he, that's what it said, right? He just gently came up to him and said, come on, friend, let me talk to you. Nah, he came to him like a shark. He came to him like a thug. He came to him like you see the movies right, with a baseball bat and a, and a billy club and somebody with a gun showing and say, look here, you, you, you better get my money, son. He came, he came streetwise with it. He like, said, I'm not going to be nice with it. This, this time is up. Said he grabbed him by the throat. Has anybody ever been gri- grabbed by the throat before? That's a scary thing. Because you get grabbed by the throat, they're trying to cut off your air supply. This is not something soft and gentle. This is a very threatening position to be in when somebody grabs you by the throat. In self-defense, the first thing they teach you in self-defense is one, how to get off somebody's grabbing your hand and how to get their hands off your neck. Why? Because oftentimes when someone's attack you, they try to get the most vulnerable place. If I can grab you by your neck, then I can succumb you. If I can grab your wrist, I can succumb you. He went straight for the throat and said, give me my money you owe me. Let's rewind. You've been dismissed with presence, which points out the evidence shows you owe. First, I want to point out, you owe God. You owe God. And God has canceled your debt, but you got the nerve to act like God or somebody else say, you're going to pay me, though. And that's how we are. We, we separate stuff. We, we get out of the presence of God, and we act like God's not involved in our lives. I didn't catch everybody. What happened? Once he left the king, he went back to his old ways. I'll say that again. Everybody didn't catch on that. Once he left the king, he went back to his old ways. In front of the king, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll pay you back. Outside of the king, man, you know what's up, man? Give my money, fool. Same thing like us. Inside a church, how you doing, my sister? Oh, God bless you. God is good. Oh, praise his holy name. Go to your job. What's up, man? Same stuff, different day, man. It's all good, homie. You know what I'm saying? But you know, y'all put some other adjectives in there. So we, 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 we talk Christ in front of Christians, but when we get in the world, we talk worldly things. We have all the slang down. We know how to say. We speak the business terms at our business job. We speak those social terms at our social place. We speak the language, but yet is not God present everywhere? Amen. And look how he gets caught by his fellows. His brothers see, say, we know you owe. You know you owe. That's the same thing as Christians. We both know we owe. So since we both know we owe, but we both can't pay the debt, then what should we do? Forgive one another. How can we have a strong relationship with our brothers and sisters when we don't forgive one another? The, 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 the best way I, I know it that you see kids at, at, at the youngest age when they have their best friends. And, and, I, and I remember looking out my window. It's the funniest thing to me. These two boys loved each other, and I could tell they loved each other. They played with each other every day. But one day, I saw one just slow back with his fist and slug the other one. <laughs> and then ran back to his house. I said, Lord have mercy. And then the next day, they was playing like nothing happened. Because kids at a young age are able to forget what happened. Because they say, you know what? I'm not going to ruin my friendship or what we were fighting over yesterday. That's yesterday. Let's play today. Let's have a good time today. And that's a process we need to add into our relationship. That today's a brand new day. 
Yes, it happened yesterday, but I forgave you already. And look here, I know those children did not have the capacity at that age to say, you both say you sorry for hitting me in my mouth yesterday. No, they say, hey, you want to go outside and play? Let's play. All right. Doing the same thing over and over again. But look how God is to us. He's already forgiven us, but he's waiting for you to come to him. You see here, the king is going to settle accounts. I want you to understand, God is going to settle accounts. It may catch up with you now. It may catch up with your letter, but it's going to be caught up. Sin will not go unpunished. I know that hurt somebody. Sin will not go unpunished. God tells a God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. I know it's hurting somebody right now. Yes, God will forgive you of all your sins. But sin has a cause and response situation. <laughs> if you do wrong and you break the law, yeah, yeah, God might have forgiven you, but the law might prosecute you. That's a consequence of your sin. That's a consequence of our asking. Yes, sir, you, you might have lied to somebody and they forgave you, but that relationship has been broken. Trust is missing in there now. You have to reestablish that trust. So no longer can you just walk in and walk out. Mama told me to be home by a certain time. I don't come home by a certain time. Mom forgives me, but I can't go back out for a while. Because it's been hindered in the relationship because of my disobedience. But what this point out to me, that God, in the debt collection situation, God gives us allowance. He gives us an allowance or he gives us a credit. Y'all catch that? This, the person knew he owed because what? He, he was given credit and he ran that credit up. How many of us are so happy when you're now, in college? I, I, I got took advantage of the predator. They tell you, yeah, here go money. Credit card. What do they tell me? When they give you the credit card on college campus, it'll pay for your pizza when y'all go out, when y'all traveling. You know, he said, oh, I'm thinking, yeah, because I don't got any money, but this will pay. Oh, this is really, you know, you're thinking. You're running that credit up. And then comes the bill collector ready to collect. Saying you owe me this amount of money. And it's not just how much you spent, it's plus interest. And that's where they get you. You could have paid the other amount, but now that it's 20% on interest on that. Woo wee. But yet also they say, well, we'll forgive your debt if you pay this minimum amount. Meaning this that we won't we'll stop calling you for now, but come back later, I'm gonna call you again to get more money from you. But yet God, in the same place, has given us an allowance. For the wages of sin is death. But God says, I will cancel your debt if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so once we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we start using our allowance differently. We start spending it on the world, but start now spending it on him. That went over somebody's head. See, when we're living in the world, we're trying to live out the world and pay out on the world. But yet when we realize that, God, I owe you, so let me pay you back. How can I pay you back with all that I have? What is that? My life. So now, Lord, I give my life to you. Y'all see that? Second Corinthians 5th chapter talks about how God forgives us by not counting or imputing our sins against us, but reconciles us through Jesus Christ. Which means is that God does not hold a record book of all my transgressions. 
Because Lord is me. Every time I would go to pray to God, I'll be there for a long time. So Lord, I'm here to forgive. Okay, all right, which one? You only named five. I got a hundred more. You need to go down on that list. But that's just under this category. I'm going to the next category. You see what I'm saying? Because God knows everything he's done. But yet, when I come, it says he's faithful and just to forgive all our debts. The kingdom of God is like the king before the, 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 the slave. and said, I forgive all your debts. So the thing is this. You know you owe. Other people know you owe. God knows you owe. But yet he says your debt is canceled. Now, here's the flip side of this. What about you knowing your debt is canceled, but you're being unforgiving to others? Look what happens to your life. The unforgiving one, he walks out looking angry. Y'all see that? He grabbed a man by the throat and said, pay me the money. The unforgiving one is watched by his peers. And they were upset with how he was acting because they known what he's gone through. Same thing with us. People know you claim to be a Christian and they get upset how you are. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be loving. You're supposed to be caring. You're supposed to be forgiving. That's what you preach. That's what you say. But look how you act. And look what they do. They go report to the king. Now look here, the king forgave him and saved him from his family's suffering, but look what happened after he got angry. The king calls him, and now the king is angry. What does the king do? The king now tortures him and puts him in prison until he can pay back the debt. You catch that? Now he's locked up because he can't forgive. Well, you are unforgiving to people. You, too, are locked up. He's not catching everybody. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. You have somebody you can't stand on your job. They did something wrong. There's somebody in your neighborhood, somebody in your family, somebody in your own house that you upset because they did something wrong. And you always got a scowl on your face. You always got something smart to say, but they always got a smile on their face because they're not even worried about you. Matter of fact, they probably know what's bothering you. Matter of fact, they don't even remember what they said to you. But you all upset. Thinking everything's all about you. So you are imprisoned of the moment, locked up, torturing yourself over something that they don't know nothing about. And they walking around free. You giving them rent in your, in your place and you getting, not getting paid. They all up in your mind and paying you no attention. You give them all the money you got. You always want, I wonder what so-and-so's doing today. I wonder where they're going. I wonder what they're doing. They ain't worried about you. We get caught up in the world thinking everything's all about us. It's all about me. I'm thinking about so-and-so. But they don't care about you. Man, we are selfless creatures by nature. When it's cold outside, I make sure I'm warm. I don't call my mom every day and say, Mom, make sure you dress warm when you go outside. Yes, I love my mom. But oftentimes, I think about number one. When I go to the gas station, I, I don't say, can I fill your gas tank up too? No. Can I put gas in my tank first? Y'all with me here? 
That's, that's who we are by nature. Y'all gonna get mad at me. It's all right. But y'all know y'all do the same thing. When you go somewhere, you think about yourself first. Come on. And so the situation here that this man got caught up thinking is all about him. Pay me. You owe me. Forgotten about what God has done for him. The, uh, the forgiven need to be remembered. They've been forgiven so they can show that to the unforgiven. But yet when you live unforgiven, you live locked up. While other people walk around free. He's locked up and tortured. And guess what? That, that boy still owes him. But he's not going to get paid. <laughs> I'm not going to pay back the one that, throw, that choked me and threatened me. And you locked up. What you going to do now? <laughs> you locked up. You locked up. What you going to do now? Look at the situation. We need to realize that I could be in bondage and locked up. Being unforgiven or I can be free and living in his mercy and his grace. He went from crying and pleading before the king. I don't have enough to pay it. The king says, I know you do not have enough. I have compassion. Dismiss. But then you see someone who owes you less. You owe someone a million dollars and they say it's forgiven. I could sue you for all you were. Take your house. Take your car. Take everything you have and have you live it out on the street, but no, I'll cancel the debt. You run to somebody that owes you a buck, and you're going to beat them down. And other people see that, what are they going to think? They're going to go tell that person that forgave you, hey, didn't you forgive somebody about that debt? I think you need to prosecute them. Oh, well, let's do it now. God sees us. Think about how I can show forgiveness. Think about how I need to be willing to cancel all debts. We talked about a little bit uh, in Bible study and last Sunday about the, the big problem with forgiveness is that somebody owes you. The main thing that's talked about, something is owed. And do you see in, anywhere, anywhere, the one who owes it, do they ever pay it back? Because why can't they pay it back? Because they don't have enough. We all owe God. And we cannot pay it back. And God knows we owe him. And he knows he has to settle accounts. I got, I got Deacon Wells with me. God has to settle accounts. Let me help somebody out. The wages of sin is death. God has to settle accounts. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Which suggests here that I owe God separation and punishment and to be tortured like the other unforgiving. But yet through Jesus Christ I have been forgiven and now God has given me a new lease on life. Think about how when you finally paid off. Anything you owe, you had more money in your pocket then, didn't you? You had more, more, more money to spend. You had a, a new lease, a new opportunity, or maybe you got a raise, so now you got more money. So now you say, oh, I can pay off more bills now and, and get out. Because when you're in debt and you owe something, it's a burden that's on you. But yet, when you are forgiven and it's canceled, it lifts you up and makes you free. When I look at my mother, and I know my mother's forgiven me, 
I come with a smile to her face because she knows what I've done. I know what I've done. But yeah, I can come to her because she lovingly receives me and cancels all the debts. Think about our God. God does the same thing for us. That no matter what you've gone through, no matter the pain and suffering you've been through, God says, I suffer more for you. He, Jesus talked about, I'll leave the 99 for the one. For that one means more to me than the 99 that stayed here. God sees you exactly where you are and what you're going through. And he says, I forgive you. And so now on the flip side, since God has forgiven you, it's up to you now. Say, Lord, because of what you've done for me, I'll do unto others. For the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And if God loves you by forgiving you, and you're supposed to love one another, you need to forgive your brother, your sister. And the greatest act of forgiveness we saw in Jesus Christ. He was on the cross, and he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I've been ignorant all my life, but when I came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I found that he forgave me for all my ignorance, all of my ignorance, not part of it, all of it. And so now I'm so glad. That no matter what the enemy tries to do, trying to bring my case back before the judge, the judge will say that evidence is inadmissible. <laughs> you cannot bring this into the court. He cannot be tried because of a double jeopardy. Can't be tried twice for the same crime. I can tell the judge, I can tell him, yes, I'm guilty. I look at the, 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 play, the accused, the prosecutor, yes, I'm guilty. Guilty as all can be out. But look at my witness who seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf. Uh, many of us know about Mary's baby, Jesus, the Son of God, the Anointed One, the Messiah, who has our names on his list, saying, Father, forgive them. I, I died for them. I covered for them. I, I, I was bruised for their iniquities, but by their stripes, uh, they are, by my stripes, they are healed. Lord, I stand in the gap for them. Aren't you glad for the middleman that stepped in right on time? He pinch hit that grand slam home run. He was the substitute that hit that game winning shot. He's the one that stepped in at the right time in the right place just for you. And now you have a daily opportunity to do that for somebody else. To look them in the face and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. It's behind I love you, I forgive is one of the most powerful words someone can hear. You know you've done wrong. They know you've done wrong, but they say, you know what? I forgive you. So let's practice this in our relationships, that we don't keep a record and bring them up to account and say, this is how much you owe me. But if you forgive them, that record is gone. It's dismissed with prejudice, not to be brought up again. I lied once, dismissed with presence. When you forgive me, you can't bring it back up again. But you a liar. You dismissed with presence, so I'm no longer that person. That's what we need to be in Christ. To be changed from our sin to sickness and live forever for him. In his forgiveness, forgiving one another, living in his mercy and his peace and his joy. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.
Father, Lord, right now we come thanking you, God, that you have forgiven us of all of our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities. God, that you see past our faults because we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Father, we're so thankful, God. We know that we are guilty and we are in deserving of punishment, but yet you look with compassion on us and you've forgiven us of all our sins. Right now, God, we confess, Lord, we are sinners in need of your forgiveness. Father, Lord, we pray that we walk in your mercy and in your grace. And in that same way, Father, we forgive those who sin against us. We, that we bless and we curse not. Father, help us to pray for them who hurt us, oh God, that we will have a, a spiteful and a hurtful heart, living in unforgiveness, living in bodies. But Lord, let us live debt-free all the way because you have set us free. Who the Son set free is free indeed. Where your spirit is, Lord, there is liberty. So we walk in this freedom of forgiveness. And we want to graciously give it to others. Father, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord.